And you know when you're in the pocket, when you're doing something that you really feel like is super aligned with your purpose, when you're talking on a subject that you feel like you've walked through yourself. So you have a different level of eyesight and, and like our hindsight and expertise on eyesight, hindsight, honestly, both, but it's never not there. You're listening to the super expander podcast. Aligned goals are pivotal for expansion. You don't need me to tell you that. But what happens when your flame weakens? What really happens when it totally goes out? Reignite Your Goals starts with awakening to the emotions that pull you further and further away. Letting go of your shame, denial, and frustration, and figuring out why your body is resisting your goals are the key to success. Regulate your nervous system, release the blocks, and reassess your path forward because your goals are ready to be reset and reignited. Madison Chicone is a dynamic speaker, coach, and podcast host who is dedicated to helping women feel confident in who they are and what they bring to the table. Through her powerful storytelling with a dash of comedic relief, She openly shares some of her most wild and vulnerable stories in hopes to help other women feel seen, heard, and validated in their own experiences. I am so excited to be welcoming Madison Ciccone to the Super Expander podcast. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, Super Expanders, and welcome back. I am Actually, I think I have like full body chills right now. I have been waiting to have this conversation for such a long time, and I know it's going to be such a juicy conversation. I'm so excited to welcome Madison Ciccone. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm I'm like thrilled. So I always love to give like a little bit of a context yeah. of A, how we came to be sitting here and why I'm so excited. First of all, we came to be sitting here because we kind of share this thread of a love of fitness and all things wellness, but we met in person at the Powerhouse Woman Conference. And it was the first one after COVID or well during yeah. COVID when oh my like in person things started to, well, maybe they weren't even starting. I think actually that was like a trailblazing sort of in person event where people weren't doing them yet. So everyone was like, really chomping at the bit, but also no one knew how to act or be because we hadn't had a large groups of people anywhere yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's truly really met in person for the first time. And I was just, you know, like, I was like, Madison is like the coolest chick in town, like cooler even than your Instagram profile when you get to meet you in person. So I have to tell you guys, she's even cooler in person than all the stuff that she shares online. So Let's just start with that. And then the other thing is, is this area of confidence that is something that you talk about and that's like your jam. And I feel like it's such a multifaceted conversation that we're about to have about confidence. But before we go there, I have to ask, who is Madison on a soul level? Madison on a soul level. I mean, I feel like this could, this, you could make this like really metaphysical. You could take this. So far. Yeah, go there. On a soul level, I'd say like super sparkly and effervescent and fun. And I think that is kind of like 
a red thread for me through everything I do and everything I want people to feel and, you know, you know, an expansive super expander in my presence. I want people to feel seen, heard and appreciated, but also just the ability to like relax their shoulders and be their truest self. And that's what I really aim to help other people do. So, you know, we talked about confidence or whatever, but there's so many layers to that than just the, you know, I coach people on confidence or whatever it is. So I think that would be my answer. And if I were to like close my eyes, it would be like beachy and sparkly, you know, like when you close your eyes and the sun hits the water at like 5 p.m. as it's going Mm -hmm. down like that's so she's like the golden hour yeah yeah (laughs) if i could just live in a perpetual golden hour and get everybody there with me and make them feel like the best version of themselves Uh, the truest version of themselves like the most stripped away uninhabited version of themselves with no bs that's that's the feeling oh my gosh wouldn't it be you think about the <laughs> ripple effect that would happen just globally if that was how we could all show up always. I mean, and I do actually think that it's it's actually possible. This isn't like a far-fetched dream. It's fully possible to show up yeah. as that version of yourself. But there you have to be willing to walk through the, I think, the messy parts to get there. Like it doesn't just get to be golden hour in golden hour always. <laughs> There's a duality and like a polarity that we get to hold inside of of all of that. So connecting to that essence of whom you are on this soul level, how did you start to uncover that that's who you were? Because we don't, I, I think we know it as children, then we forget it and we have to come back to it. So that coming back to it for you, tell, let's go there. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I've asked my dad this question so many times because I even have been like, why am like, was I just like this? Was I just like this super energetic, kind of crazy, just out there trying all the things, doing all the things? Was I always, you know, this sporty spice person? And he was like, yeah, you just were involved with everything. You wanted to do all the things. You played all the sports and did all the things, wanted to try all the instruments. Like you were just always somebody that wanted to do more. And I think as the years have gone on, that was really a huge strong suit for me. And I obviously had to corral that into certain things. You know, you get to certain levels in school or wherever where you have to start to really pick what you want to hone in on. But I think that personality trait, that characteristic or this core thing within me has served me well beyond, you know, beyond school, beyond work, beyond whatever. And then now as kind of an adult being in the professional fitness space, working with people beyond the bike, beyond the microphones, beyond it all, that's really been probably something that I've I've really focused on, just like going and trying and doing. I joke about this all the time. Like I wish I could figure out how to bottle up that personality trait because I feel like that is how you figure out like who you really are by trying out all the things and figuring out what your heck no's are so that you can find your big jumbo yeses in life. But I think somewhere along the way, obviously we do get lost and we're like, we get afraid or somebody told us something or I call it like somebody said something or something happened and like this tiny mad idea got planted in our head. 
that, you know, you weren't good enough. You can't do this. You're not allowed to do that. And it shifted our perspective of what we're capable of. So, yeah. I love that. So I actually, just right before we hit record was on, I was running a super expander mastermind call. And this was so funny how the the rhythms of life happen, right? The conversations like theme for the day. And this is what we were discussing inside of there was this like remembering who you were before the world told you not to be that, that person. And we actually were talking a little bit about how almost there's this, there starts to be this block where you can almost, you almost don't remember that part of you from childhood. You can have all of these really vivid, clear, crisp memories of your childhood. But that one answer to that one question will all of a sudden be this complete, like, whoa, I don't actually remember that from my childhood. Yeah. But what I love about what you were just saying, and I kind of want to go there a little bit deeper, is this idea of trying a lot of different things and the energy to to try them. And when it is that you know, okay, I tried it, I gave it enough of a shot, and I know now that that's a no for me, like how quickly for you or, you know, I don't know, like let's talk yeah. about that because I think sometimes we, inside of all of this, like the world telling us how to be, it's like quitting is also really frowned upon. So this idea of trying something and then maybe you don't like it, but then you feel like you're quitting. Yeah, I totally hear you with that. I, you know, this one's a little tough because I think everybody is so different. And I, and like you were saying, there's definitely similarities in conversations. I've definitely had this week of like, we give parameters. I can't remember what I was talking about on a recent podcast of saying like, you know, if you don't like the job, stay in it for six months to a year, like take any sort of transformational skills you can get transactional skills like does this transcend beyond this job into another job like what can i get how do i suck like all the life out of this to bring it into my next thing and even when i said that stay for 6 months to a year i was like that's just like an arbitrary thing that i feel like we were told looks good on a resume and you know i straddle this and i struggle with giving advice on like the quitting versus knowing or trying to jam that peg like square peg into a round hole because i think I think only you know, but I also think we've gotten to a point where everything is so soft that there is no grit anymore. There's no kind of stick it out and learn the hard things along the way. Like I definitely had some pretty insane jobs throughout my life where if I hadn't kind of stuck it out, I wouldn't have the skills that I have now. So it's it's very del- it's like a very delicate ballet dance to try to give that answer because it's like yeah i you know if i had left earlier maybe it wouldn't have been as grueling or i wouldn't have had to you know work on this and this or you know that's kind of like a scary thing that happened but i also wouldn't then know how to stand in these rooms or how to show up or i could feel like i could literally talk to anybody i don't i don't think working in you know, I used to be an executive assistant in Hollywood. I worked in LA for a long time. I don't think there's a single person I would get starstruck in front of. Like, I really think that I could hold a conversation with anybody and hold space. And there's like these little intangible skills you don't realize you're learning along the way. And so I feel like there's no like good clean cut answer to that. I feel like you really have to, you really have to just decide for yourself. And if you're sitting somewhere where you're like, I absolutely am getting nothing out of this. I'm learning nothing. There's nothing going on here whatsoever. 
then I would say, okay, let's look at what it might look like to leave or pivot or whatever. But I think sometimes too, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to kind of sit in it long enough to decide like, well, how could I figure this out? Or how could I make it better? Or what could I do to make this situation turn? Or how do I make it work for me versus just giving up? Oh, yeah. I Two sides to that that conversation. I mean, that, that's why I want to have the dialogue about it because I feel like, especially when we're talking about, if you're coming from like an athletic background, yeah. you can kind of grit yourself through anything, right? And yeah. then, the, then the problem is, is actually walking away, right? You, yeah. You're like, I can just stay in this hard because it's hard and I'm going to beat it and I'm going to overcome it. And there's so much wisdom and value to be found there. But then I think that kind of like archetype and persona, there is this place and space of learning how to walk away faster. Right? Or just because like I can doesn't mean I need to oh or my doesn't gosh. mean I should. Yeah. Like I can do so much. And I think you probably relate to that too. And, and I call this like the D1 spirit. And I think the D1 spirit in me has definitely traversed to my entrepreneurial life, to my business endeavors, to my pursuits on the Soul Cycle bike, to really anything and everything I do. Like if I make a commitment, I do it. Discipline has never been an issue for me because I've never had anything else. Discipline is my default as an athlete. Like I yes. don't have another way to work. So I think like on the opposite side of that, maybe myself and you in that D1 spirit have to learn than the softer side, which I feel like maybe other people could relate to more if you have never been kind of in that athlete mindset or space or you weren't, you know, didn't do a sport in college or whatever, but it kind of just sticks with you. And so I feel like I've had to learn, you know, you said duality at the beginning of the podcast and that word always sticks out to me. It's kind of learning to let go or learning to walk away or learning like not every day has to be a PR or that you know, a huge one for me that I've incorporated major, major is my input has to be the same as my output. So if my output is 10x most people around me, then my rest needs to be 10x than most people around me. And that has been one of the most challenging things to learn, not only as, you know, an athlete, a business owner, whatever, but just like growing, getting older in general. And realizing that, you know, this is siphoning my energy here. I can't do this here anymore, or I don't want to do this here anymore. So how do I make it feel good? How do I mold it? How do I make it work for me now instead of just working it for work's sake, if that makes sense? Oh, I love that. I feel like I might be applying this rule. My input and my output need to match. And I love that. And maybe that's the athlete (laughs) in me that can really wrap your head around you know, I think I, I had to hit a certain age when I finally understood that the magic happens on the rest days, that the change happens on, in the recovery, where, you know, it's something that was said all of the time, but I didn't necessarily subscribe to that. I was like, that's no. for other people. I'm just going to just push through until then you start to actually put it into practice. And you're like, wait, I actually, the magic happens on the rest days? Yes. So I love the application of that. And my mind, of course, instantly goes into, because I'm obsessed with flow state, coaching on flow state, teaching people how to, to operate in it. And it's the same thing, the goodness that comes, right? We have to have recovery from 
from flow, right? This intense energy, this like magic energy that we get to be in, but you can't stay in that place and space. And so it is that sort of cycle of, of duality. Now, where I want to take that is into the idea of building confidence and the depth and sort of like the journey that that entails, right? Because confidence isn't just, I mean, I think it's such a complex thing. And maybe those that are listening aren't quite, I don't know, there yet in terms of like the complexity of confidence. I think it's really nuanced and it's really, really deep. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's different types too. And one can kind of help you feel more confident in another. So when I hear confidence, I think of repetition always. And when I think about the places I feel really, really confident, it's usually in a skill set. And it's usually because I've worked really hard at it. Like I've really worked it. And I've become a master at the craft in some way. You know, it's like when someone asks you, I, I remember like just different parts of my life, people will ask you, oh, well, like, are you a good dancer? Or like, are you a good skier? Or are you good? And you're kind of like, oh, you want to play it down? And now I'm like, yeah, I'm awesome at it. I'm great at it. Like, I am that. I know in my heart of hearts that that is a skill set I possess. I am good at that. Why would I downplay that? So there's like the repetition, the skill set type of confidence, which, you know, that's like the repetition, like building the muscle, go, you know, that kind of confidence. And then I think there's a different kind of confidence that comes from knowing yourself on a really deep level. And that can only happen through, I mean, honestly, I think the more confident, the the older you get, the more confident you get. Because I think it has to do with life experience and it's more situational. Because as the years go on and as you take different jobs and meet different people and do all these things in your life, you just start to gain life experience that really can't be taught. Kind of like the school of life a little bit, especially depending on, you know, the networks you're in or what you choose to do with your life. And I think the opposite coin to that is also kind of just figuring out how to do your own thing. like. We're constantly being influenced by outside sources all the time, outside circumstances. And I think just as you move along in life, you start to just, again, go back to listening to your own intuition, your own mind, like everything within you instead of grasping for everything outside you. And I feel like there is this loss in the sauce section of maybe like early 20s to like, I think it's really your 20s where... You just like, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you want. You don't know about anything about your job. You're just learning. But instead of looking at it from like a curious, excited lens, there's so much pressure now to like get the right college, get the right job, get it right on the first try. Like that, I think that's sucking the fun out of like everything. And it's making everyone so anxious and so like vibrationally like chaotic. But then I think you go through this period where you get into your like 30s and I'm speaking from that now at 35, like where you you really start to know yourself on a deeper level because you start to peel back all the bullshit from everything that you've kind of come through in a way. Yeah. Is that I, I, make, like... Yeah. I So I that resonates <laughs> deeply with me. And so I have like 10 years on you. 
And I think that, so we, we can kind of have this like, you know, conversation now, me being like a decade older than you. I think that we then, after you get through that space, like I feel like my thirties was a, a realm of feeling so confident. Like I got this. And then as I hit my forties, there was like another dip in that confidence. Yeah. Because what I was navigating was this almost like feeling like I should, like I was like lacking this energy to care and not care like empathetic care and not like I don't want something to be like really good. But somewhere in there, my energy dipped to a place of like, I just don't give a anymore. But I was in this conflict with myself of like wanting to care more, like wanting that energy of, it's almost like when I think of we'll call it like nouveau confidence, right? It's almost in like the era of like nouveau rich. Like when we start like making a certain amount of money and we haven't like really embodied that level of income yet, right? It's in our bank account, but it's not really part of our identity yet. And so externally, we need to do things that sort of project and let people know that we've arrived. And I think confidence can be like this too. And, And what I've come to understand in my 40s is that actually what I was experiencing was this next level of confidence where like, I actually don't need to have that like oomph. Like I just, I got it. Like, yeah, <laughs> not to sound like in a way of where you're like, oh, I have like the it factor. It's just like my confidence no, it's like more embodied. Like it's more in your body like that. And I think that there's, I think that's what I mean by like time does a really interesting thing of like, it's kind of like a whole circle of coming home to yourself. Yes. And I think it's, there's a rhythm to it, meaning that it's like cycles, right? I think we start to come out of it, we question it, and then we come back to it. And each time when we come back to it, almost like that, you know, analogy of personal growth and being like an onion that we're consistently peeling back. It's like these layers of ourselves that we're consistently peeling back, which is both a more coming home to a truth that we were born with and also bringing that truth and connecting it to the wisdom that we've acquired over time. Yeah, I would agree. Just, Just a really interesting thing. So how do you think over time you're like you've been able to harness sort of the secrets or the, I don't know, almost like the formula to help people find their confidence to really tap into that because it's, and I say formula, cause I don't even think, I think it's like everyone gets to yeah. have a unique formula. Yeah. But yeah. What's been your journey, like coming to that, like really showing people, coaching people on that? I think a huge part of it is being a living, breathing example of it. Like you can't be what you can't see. So not only being that in my own life, but having so much of that zest or that spirit and like of that know thyself that it kind of reverberates onto other people so that my energy almost permeates into their world to then inspire them to kind of walk and talk that way and think bigger and have bigger conversations and do the big scary thing they want to do. And and that's kind of the way my coaching technique is. Like, I don't, I always say, like, I don't necessarily think I'm going to tell you anything you don't already know. But I do think that you being around my general energy and being in my orbit is going to elevate you higher. 
And whether that's just going and making people do different exercises, putting people out there, making them sign up for them, the thing, holding them to it. So much of this stuff is accountability, right? Because when we're left to our own demise, we're not going to do it. Like we're not going to do it. That's why we have, that's why we have coaches. Like, and I always, I always relate it back to, I'm always going to relate it back to sports because that is, that's so much of my life. But like a good coach is supposed to extract the skill set that lives within you that you don't realize that you necessarily have. Your the secret sauce, your essence, it's already all there. It's kind of like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Like she had the power all along, but a, the job of a good coach, in my opinion, is to see these things and then figure out how to pull them out of you so you can see them for yourselves or oh, for yourself. Abs- absolutely. So whom then has been the expander that showed you that inside of you? I feel like I've had a lot of really great coaches throughout my life and good teachers. I think one of my, there's so many, gosh, this is a hard question. I relate really well to like male energy from a coach aspect. Like I think one of the first personal development type podcasts i Listen to ever was Ed Milet. So I know that's going to sound like really whatever, but I'm a huge like walk and dreamscape person or walk and listen and like let the answers come to you. So if I'm out walking around, I'm always going to be listening to something. So I'd say from like that perspective, I think Ed Milet because he's always like in my ear, kind of giving me a little oomph. And I would say my dad is like a huge expander for me. That's like my person. That's kind of like my coach. And my dad grew up doing karate and he was super athletic and he was always kind of like, you can go, you can do it. Like you'll figure it out. And he's still to this day, the person that I will call like, and and even now it's like, I know I, I have the answer. I know what I need to do. I just get tired sometimes. I just get discouraged sometimes. And I need somebody like Rocky, you know, to come over and like pump my shoulders and slap me on the ass and say, go get back in there, girl. And that's what I need a lot of the times. Like I need that. That's the type of coaching I, you know, that works well for me. So I'd say, I would say my dad and my let. Yeah. Yeah. Probably I love that. For now. <laughs> Ed Milet has that like big energy kind of. And to have a voice in your ear, I mean, his is his is perfect. Yeah, and he has that he does have that like really inspirational yet aspirational way about him, which isn't just like a rah rah. There is like a lot of depth and things that you can yeah. uncover inside of yourself in the things that he says. And I say that because a lot of times I think we we can start to listen to outside voices, and then mm-hmm. it becomes really hard for you to distinguish what your own internal voice is telling you, but he has a really great way about activating your inner voice with his words. I also am big on rah-rah though. Like, I don't know. I listen to a lot of like sermons and a lot of, I guess it would be like sermons, like big box churches and stuff like that too. Because that's where I usually get really brilliant downloads of like, oh, this is like a topic I want to talk about or whatever. And that always really helps me too. Like 
when I'm feeling like I am really lost in the sauce or spinning my wheels or something like that, those have always kind of shaken things up for me and pulled me out of it. So it's like I always have like an inner earpiece of something else that's inspirational to kind of give me that pep again. Yeah. All right. So this one, this, this question might be like a little bit, a little bit vulnerable. What are the things that knock you out of your confidence? Make you question it? I mean, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. I think, and I think here's the thing. I think walking in a room, like walking in a conference, walking to, you know, these women empowerment events, walking into places that are unknown, walking into a studio I've never taught at. I feel it all the time. And it's like, I think that's the thing about confidence. It's really courage to go toe to toe with the things that scare the crap out of you. And so when I'm scared a lot of times, especially when I know I'm in the pocket or in my purpose, I know that that's my North Star of something that I need to be doing. And when I feel that, I try to go through like in my head mentally, all like the reasons, you know, how do I make this better? Like an example is if you go to an event, you don't really know anybody. And I'm like, Madison, look at somebody, introduce yourself. Like you have to, you have to constantly do that. Like this doesn't just come like naturally, even for somebody that you think is like super confident or out there or whatever. It's like, I literally have this inner dialogue with myself all the time. It's constant. And yeah, there are going to be those places in my life that are very comfortable and I can just go in and I can just perform and it's like awesome and it's lit and like it feels just so energetically great because I'm so familiar with it. And there are going to be those times where you're like shaking in your boots scared because you're going into a different arena that you're not as comfortable in and you have to work that dialogue. You have to work all the little things that you every tool in your toolbox or like every tool on your tool belt that day needs to be pulled out and used because that's the only way you stretch and expand, right? I I feel like the common misconception is, oh, they're so confident they don't feel these things. It's no, I feel these things all the time and I choose to go through them. Like feel the fear and do it anyway. I mean, that's tale as old as time. Like I'm feeling it. Hello, it's there. And I'm going to walk through it. One of my favorite sports psychologists I've worked with used to say, you know, I would get anxious before teaching or different things. And he always told me to go say, like, tell it to go sit in the corner so you can watch me do my thing. So, you know, there have been times where I've had really amazing opportunities to do something with Soul Cycle or something with fitness, say. And I'll be in a new arena or on a different stage or in a giant ballroom, you know, and it's totally different than my normal environment of the smaller studio or like my space I know, right? And as I walk into them, I start to get super nervous. You feel the butterflies, you feel all those things. Your body is really like, oh my God, oh my God. And you have to have that constant dialogue with yourself. And also what helps me when I'm super, super nervous is to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. So what kind of flips my kind of fear on its head a lot of times is just asking myself, like, who is this for? And stop making it about you. Like, you're allowed to do it messy. You're allowed to do it imperfect. More often than not, that resonates with any audience even more. And then stop making it about you is like rule three, like do it messy, do it scared. 
and stop making it about you. And usually if I follow that, it'll all work out. Oh my goodness. I love that. So you guys might want to rewind and listen to that again. There are so many just nuggets of gold. I feel like I went on a little like the road. I was like, I'm trying to land this plane where I want to land. Yeah, yeah, no, you were channeling. I like that. So so in, in that context of doing the things like walking through the fear, all of it. Yeah. What are the big things that you're stepping into currently? So something that I'm stepping into currently is I definitely want to do more speaking. I mean, I have literally been on quite literally been on an elevated surface doing that for hundreds of people a day, but just like in Boston. And it's so amazing. And it's so, I I can't say enough of all the feelings and things it does. And mostly because it's like the level of impact is so insane. Sometimes I don't even realize it. And it's not like I take it for granted, but it's like, I just don't realize it because again, it's so routine for me. There's so much repetition there. Sometimes I forget how insane it is. And I think my whole mission of beyond the bike or beyond the mic has always been, well, then how do I go bigger? How do I go wider? I need to go talk different places. I need to go get in in front of different crowds. So that's really where I want to expand. And that has Mm. been my mission for the last several years. It's like, how do I take the four walls here and like knock them down and blow them out and go to different spaces and different arenas and basically take the bike away, but take everything that's inside me and still do that for people without movement. Yeah. Okay. So here's where I want to, and I'm glad that you just said that because where I want to take it is how expansive and different that gets to be because in the context of doing that on a bike instead of SoulCycle, the lights are dim, there's music playing, you're moving your body. And as someone who is a, you know, fitness, like I taught fitness for for a really long time. And even before that, I like think about it, I bartended for years and the evolution from myself from a bartender into fitness, I always like used to think, oh, well, there's always a bar separating me from the other people. And that was like my safety net. And then when I went into a room and was teaching, I had to transition because there wasn't that space that was like the buffer between myself and and the people. And so when you start thinking about yourself moving out of that room where everyone's moving their body, the lights are dim. And there's this idea of like losing yourself in the rhythm of, because there is something really like that you can just start crazy things just start happening in your mind when you're moving your body and things just start coming out of your mind and you're in or like out of your mouth because you're in that kind of flow state. So when you start to think about transitioning into really speaking on stages, like bigger stages, that sort of thing, which you've done. I mean, you were at, you spoke at at Powerhouse, so which is a very big stage, a captive audience of it was like five, 600 people plus like a thousand people on online. That's a, that's a big room. What is the, what's the scariest thing for you about that? I don't, I don't think it's scary. Like, of course I'm going to be scared. That is going to happen. But when I hear that, I'm like, okay, like spotlight's still on you. Like the mic is still on. The people are all out there ready to receive. So like, what do you have for them? And then it's like, it is like the scariest thing in the world. Like you feel like you're going to throw up every time. And you just have to like let it, let the nerves kind of, I wish I could describe the feeling. It's like you can't let them, you can't let them take advantage of the situation. 
you have to kind of learn to like curb them in a way. And listen, the first few minutes is always like blackout chaotic. Like you literally feel like you're going to throw up. You're having an out of body experience. But what has helped me is definitely getting like a first laugh, getting something, get winning people over. And then once I know I have them, then I know like I can take them on whatever journey I need to take them on. And I think it's always going to feel like that when you're in the pocket. And you know when you're in the pocket, when you're doing something that you really feel like is super aligned with your purpose, when you're talking on a subject that you feel like you've walked through yourself so you have a different level of eyesight and and like or hindsight and expertise on eyesight hindsight honestly both but it's never not there like it's always there so when i hear like yeah i'm going to be scared it's going to be scary but it's not anything i am not capable of doing in my mind like it's just not anything i'm like i'm so capable of that it's just doing it over and over again until I don't know. I think it will always be scary because there will always be another level up. There'll be a different stage. It'll be a different arena. It'll be with different people. Or maybe you're, you know, you're on the placard with people that you used to listen to. Maybe I'm on a placard with Ed Milet and I'm like, you know, freaking out because now I'm like, you know, you get what I'm saying. It's, it's never, it's like that new levels, new devils thing. And you just keep shaking it off and stepping up and shaking it off and stepping up. Yeah. Well, you guys heard it here. She just spoke it into the universe. So when she's on stage with Ed Milet, we can come back to this podcast and say that she spoke it to an existence here. Oh my gosh. I love, I love yeah. that. So, I mean, so much of that because it is true. I think that there is this conception that these things that are big and scary, it's just like I mean, new levels, new devils. It's like, yeah. right. We can, all of those are sort of like cliche terms that get to come out on inside of that. And something that I want to kind of hone in on that you said there was in that first piece of moving through it, it, there's so many metaphors, I think, in so many areas of our life from like, okay, you're running, we we go to run or do something for the first time. It's like, we're an ice, I mean, everybody's doing ice plunges right now, cold plunges. <laughs> the first minute is the hardest thing. And then once you're through the other, that one, one yeah. minute mark, you're on the other side. And it's yeah. like every single thing in life is like that. You just have to get to the other side. You have to push through the hard. And I think there's that piece of almost like vulnerability too. We have this idea that in certain contexts, you can't be transparent in how you are feeling. And there's something so disarming in that moment of letting people know that that's what you're experiencing in this particular moment. And that connects, connects people to you and actually helps you navigate into that next level. Yeah. Yeah. I think the line, like what's personal is universal will always stand true. It is like such a golden rule to anything you're going to do, especially if you are you are working for the greater good of others. Like I would say, if you're a coach in some way, shape or form, if you're a speaker, if you're a fitness instructor, like these are all like, it's for the greater good of something else. Like hairstylist, real estate, like you could take that into anything you do. Like, you know, like I have this prayer on my desk and I say it and I do it. And it's kind of like, that is my thing. And it says, as I step out into the world today, I pray that you would guide my steps, direct my path, Help me be a light where there is darkness and a source of hope and encouragement to those who need it most today. Mm. So 
again, I think a lot of the fear that I usually fear or, or I usually feel in these situations is always because I'm making it about me. I'm making it about my outfit. I'm making it about what I'm saying. I'm making it about, you know, this or the lighting or this. Like you could literally take that to the nth degree and you will notice this. And maybe the next time you're feeling fear, go over these questions in your head. Like, what? okay, well, what, where is it? Am I asking myself all the me, 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 I, I, I questions? And if that's the case, flip it because the whole point of being here is to serve others. And that has really helped me dig myself out of like the terror or the terrifying place when you're about to do something really big. Mm-hmm. Such goodness. It is. I think when we come back to that, it's not about me it is so liberating. It's so freeing. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's such a game changer. But that's hard. That's it is hard, hard in the world we live in where it's all about get the real, get the content. You need to get this to show you were on stage that you looked a certain way, that you did that. Like it, there's a lot of vanity metrics and there's a lot of noise and it creates a lot of chatter in our brains. But again, that confidence is like that most unscripted, unedited, peel it all away, what's left. And that is probably what you're going to ask yourself or what is probably going to be left. Why do you do what you do? Mm. Mic drop moment again. Uh, Okay. Where can everyone find you? I know that everyone's like, oh my gosh, I got to get in her world now. So what's the best way? I would love that. Well, I hang out a lot on Instagram at MadsTads, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z, my last name, Chaconi. I'm married now, so my technically my last name is Perello, but I still go by Chaconi. That's Madonna's last name. So Mad Chaconi, every iteration of any kind of handle or website is pretty much taken. So I went with a high school nickname and now it has stuck with me forever and ever. Amen. It's like, that's who I am. For now, so and maybe it'll yeah. and maybe it'll evolve into a new identity. Who knows? So that's where you can find me. Obviously, my website. There's freebies. There's all the things on there. But I think that's the place if you want to have conversations or kind of see what I'm about. That's kind of the best place to hang out with me. Never fret, you guys. That was a lot of letters. I'll make sure that the the, <laughs> <laughs> the link is down in the show notes ah. for for, <laughs> for ease. So. Just scroll right on down there. Give her a follow. Say hello. Let her know that you heard her here on the Super Expander. Maybe tell her what your favorite, you know, takeaway was, that sort of thing. What impacted you the most? Okay. So if we had just one last nugget of wisdom that you wanted to leave everybody with, whether it's a quote, a thought, a whatever it happens to be, what would it be? I think I'm going to go with an old one, but it's your presence is your power. Mm. So again, how do we not talk about the world we live in right now? We're always, we have literally a computer in our pocket that tells us all the things we're not doing right. Our business doesn't look this way, this, that, that. Like, I mean, you know, chatter, 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 swirling all the time between our right and our left ear. And I think your presence, where you are in this very moment is your power because you can't control tomorrow. You have no control over it. And you can't change yesterday. So all you can do is do the next right thing in this moment and be in this moment and take it in for all that it's worth. Even like an hour from now. Like, so the more I can be embodied right here, right now, in this experience, in whatever is going on right now, can only make things 
go the way I really want them to maybe in the future, right? Like future tripping where you want to go. But again, I think that by kind of planting your feet and staying grounded right where you are in the moment is always going to help you. You could, you could take that. Anyway. I, that's so good that it aligns with something that I consistently say all the time when someone is feeling that anxious, fearful sort of feeling and you your, night, your head and your heart are in two different places and neither one of them is where your feet are. So good. Thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your wisdom, giving us your time, which is our most precious resource of all. So thank you for being here present with us today. Thank you for having me. We'll catch you on the next episode. Like a fire needs oxygen and fuel. You're not meant to reach your goals alone. Your missing part could be as simple as finding the right community. And if it's not my community, there's definitely the right one out there for you. If you're looking for a place to start, check out the link in the show notes and let this community help you breathe in fresh oxygen. Fresh oxygen.